Welcome to the TBE Richmond Podcast. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On this feed, you'll hear sermons, teachings, music, conversations with guests, and so much more from us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for learning and growing with us. Shabbat shalom. In ancient Greek myth, the master craftsman Daedalus and his son wanted to escape from the island of Crete. To do this, Daedalus built wings from wax and feathers so they could fly away. He warned his son, though, not to go too high, lest the wings melt. As many of you have no doubt figured out, his son's name was Icarus. In his excitement and hubris, he did precisely what his father told him not to do. The wax melted, and Icarus plunged to his death. Even if you don't know the exact story, you've probably heard the saying, flying too close to the sun, to refer to someone who's overly ambitious or greedy. In this week's Parsha, we see another father lose his child. Children. Children, actually. After spending the last several Parshiot building the tabernacle and preparing it for service, just after it is consecrated, Aaron's two eldest sons, Nadav and Avihu, enter to do their priestly duties. But something goes terribly awry. The Torah tells us they bring Esh Zarah, alien fire, to the altar, at which point God sends forth fire and they are killed instantly. This is obviously devastating to Aaron personally and to the community as a whole, going from the joy of the tabernacle consecration to this shocking tragedy. And the Torah is very short on details here. We aren't told what made the fire alien. We aren't told what they did specifically. We aren't told God's thoughts here. We only see the actions. They bring the fire in, different fire comes out, and both men are gone. So what happened here? Did Nadav and Avihu fly too close to the sun? It certainly seems that whatever they did was so horribly offensive to God as to be worthy of instant death. We've seen God be remarkably patient in the past. Abraham challenges God for being unfair when it comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses not only argues with God repeatedly, but he even changes God's mind in not destroying the Israelites after the golden calf. Around that same time, Moses smashes the first set of the Ten Commandments, destroying something in a fit of rage that tradition teaches was carved directly by God. And yet, Moses continues to live. Even when Moses directly disobeys God's command near the end of the Torah and strikes the rock to get water, God's punishment is to bar Moses from entering the land of Israel. A tremendous disappointment for Moses, of course, but a far cry from what happened to Nadav and Avihu. Okay, so we, we know what happened to others, but that doesn't change the core question of what happened here? You'll be unsurprised to learn the rabbis have several theories about this. Some say Nadav and Avihu were drunk when they approached the altar, and so were punished for this massive disrespect. This theory comes from the fact that a few verses later, Aaron and his sons are explicitly told not to enter the tabernacle while drunk. But it seems wildly unfair to me that these two men should be punished for something that isn't even established as wrong until after they're dead. There's a reason such ex post facto, after the fact, laws are forbidden in virtually every government. Another theory is that Nadav and Avihu were punished for implicitly challenging their teacher, Moses, and disrespecting their father, Aaron, 
by offering fire lo tiva otam that was not commanded of them. Maybe so, but we sure don't get any indication of that from Moses and Aaron. There's no anger or told you so, just shock and sadness. But you know what? We shouldn't feel bad about not being sure what happened here because it seems Aaron and Moses are in the same boat. Aaron simply stands there in shocked silence while Moses quickly turns to his brother and says, Hu asher diber Hashem lemor bikrovai ekadesh vial penei kolham ekaved. Or, translation, this is what God meant by saying, Though, through those near to me I show myself holy and gain glory before all the people. In other words, Rashi, the great commentator, explains, Moses knew the tabernacle was going to be sanctified by those who are most holy to God. Moses thought it would be through his actions or through Aaron's actions, but he now sees that Aaron's sons are greater than the two of them. This is quite the striking statement. Rather than criticizing Aaron as a father or saying his sons were out of line and sort of asking for it, Moses says, no, their actions brought them closer to God, literally and figuratively. They paid the price for it, but there's no criticism of their actions in that moment. And here's the remarkable thing. That line that Moses said, God never actually said it. There are bits and pieces that are somewhat similar. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 22, for instance, God says, this is where I will make myself known to the children of Israel and where my glory will be sanctified. But that previous statement never actually appears. And make no mistake, that specific statement, that formulation is important because only that phrasing and that sentiment can bring some peace and comfort to Aaron. This, I think, is the lesson from here. In a moment of crushing devastation to Aaron, Moses isn't the stern leader. He's not the man who argued with God. He's not the man who smashed tablets or struck the rock. He's not even the man whose righteous fury at one of his fellow Israelites being beaten led him to kill an Egyptian overseer. He's just Aaron's brother. He says what Aaron needs to hear in that moment. He puts words in God's mouth in order to show compassion and provide comfort. This is not typically Moses' character. Moses is big on justice, but kindness is not always something he does. And God is seemingly okay with it. Moses not only isn't punished, God doesn't even mention it to him. And the way that Nadav and Avihu meet their ends kind of backs up Moses' statement. We're explicitly told they are instantly killed, but after Moses comforts his brother, he instructs others to pick the men up by their clothes and remove them from the tabernacle. The rabbis go further and teach that Nadav and Avihu's bodies and clothes were entirely untouched. There were no physical signs of harm, but a tongue of fire emerged from the altar and entered the men and killed them. This doesn't feel like the punishment of a rageful God who could simply have turned them to dust. Instead, it seems more like what Moses said. They drew so close to God that their fragile human forms couldn't handle it. They may have flown too close to the sun, but not out of greed or ego. No, it was an overwhelming, all-consuming desire to be in this holy space and be as close to God as possible. Sometimes, even things done with the noblest of intentions can end badly. So then, finally, what happened to Nadav and Avihu? Why this ultimate punishment? I don't know. I don't think we can know. It's still widely debated for a reason. But here's what we can know. The focus of the story, the part we get detail on, is Moses' reaction. That's the lesson here. We've all been in a position where we've seen things go wrong. 
where we're, we're around people, even those we care about, and we know they're not really thinking things through. The easy thing in that situation is to shrug and say, well, that went badly. If not, just criticize them for their error. It's human nature. We want to show how smart and clever and thoughtful and all of those wonderful things that we are. And what better way to do that than show someone else how wrong they are? But the Torah's lesson here is Moses' reaction. He shows kindness and compassion. He sees his brother in one of the most devastating moments of his life and doesn't take the easy way out. It would be particularly easy to take that out here, given that literal divine judgment occurred. But Moses sets an example for us all. In that moment, he makes the choice to take care of his brother first, to support him in a dark time, and even to play fast and loose some wording. Because his goal here isn't teaching or I told you so. It's to be there when he's needed most. It's a lesson for us all. In these polarized and challenging times, retreating to our comfort zone and pointing and laughing at others is the easy answer. But the lesson from Moses, and in fact from all of Jewish history, is to not look out for yourself, but look out for others. It can be scary and dangerous. Moses risked divine retribution of his own for putting words in God's mouth. But that was the right thing to do. And being that person, in that moment, remains the right thing to do. Or, as the great Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, when I was young, I admired clever people. Now that I am old, I admire kind people. May we all find kindness in ourselves and in others, and may we all make this world a better and more just place. Shabbat Shalom. This has been the TBE Richmond Podcast. Once again, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On behalf of all of us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia, thanks for listening. I hope this episode was uplifting and enriching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And please rate and review us so others will have an easier time joining the conversation. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Learn more about our dynamic, warm, and passionate congregation affiliated with the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism at www.bethelrichmond.org. Until next time, shalom y'all.